little bit earlier this week and that's why i didn't want to like i was kind of really reluctant to record partly too because i know everything that's going on and i just didn't want to be that that like entitled privileged white guy who's sitting in his house with like a belly full of food around (laughs) six pinball machines every day and like don't have to like i get to work i get a paycheck i get all those things and like my job sucks like i just didn't want to be that guy and uh yeah i can uh, relate to that part certainly (laughs) and i you know because i just don't even i at least i'm self-aware i guess i just don't want to fucking be that guy and i don't know i i literally don't have the words to express my my feelings that i have with what's going on it just makes me cry if i think about it too hard and uh terrified i really feel like i'm trying not to sound like a conspiracy theorist but it just i feel like there's this this like pent this culmination happening and and i'm really fearful of a tipping point and not what i'm not fearful of america the true america not the America that Trump represents. Like I am really okay with America standing up for itself and standing up for tyranny and standing and and doing what it has to. We did it, you know, before and we can do it again and that's okay. What I'm terrified about is that portion of America is the portion with money and power and guns and influence and what they've been able to get away with for the last three years, what might they be able to get away with if they can justify their actions by any means necessary and what a perfect situation it is to have everybody in lockdown right now and kind of have them at a little bit of control. And uh, it scares me. Absolutely scares me. There's a, a vi- did you see the video of the white guy with the black umbrella who there was a group of protesters in Minneapolis who were standing next to an auto zone and they were peacefully protesting. Um, they weren't destroying anything. They were just standing there. And, uh, you know, auto, a lot of auto zones look a lot alike. And so, like, down the side of the building when you where you would park, it's just all, like, plate windows, right? Like, and there might be shelving on the other side of those windows. So, they're just, like, orange glass. You know what I'm talking about? And oh, yeah. they're standing there protesting. And they're recording the protests, of course, and they there is action happening across the street. But this group of protesters aren't in the video, aren't doing anything but standing there. And what one of the the person who is recording this particular video is recording the things that are happening across the street. And in the video, you hear glass shattering. And they turn to a person in a black trench coat and a gas mask and gloves, black gloves, and a hood carrying a black umbrella 
with a sledgehammer shattering the windows, just walking down the line and shattering each one of the windows. And they, the protesters, are trying to stop, stop him. Like, don't do that. They'll shoot you for that shit. Like, you can hear them saying these things. Like, they'll shoot you for that shit, man. Like, don't do that. Don't do that. You know, and they're trying to chase him down. And the whole, and as soon as he gets recognized, he starts making a beeline, like away from that group. And when they finally corner him, it's a white guy. It's a, and they believe they're like, are you a fucking cop, man? They believe it's a cop, like out trying to make it look worse than it actually is and trying to incite violence against these protesters. And, and I know it's one-sided and I know it's only one angle of that video, but that fucking is terrifying. That's, that's terrifying. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. They're here. Um, we're hearing uh, that the the people getting arrested, the looters and stuff, a really high percentage of them are from out of state. Um, they're not from these communities at all, and they are coming yep. in just like that to sort of paint a picture and uh, yep, and try to spin things. A lot of them are white supremacist groups and stuff like that, and it's um, they're oh yeah, it's it's so fucked up. I mean, I I don't know what to say about any of it. Um, I don't mind talking about it on record just to, I don't know why. I don't know who would listen to us, but I, I, th I think, uh, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know, but I, I do think it's like, I have thought at times that it's important to not talk about things. I don't know what, I, and of course that's true, but I, I guess I, I guess I'm realizing it's important to talk about it at all. <laughs> um, yeah. and to, for white people to talk to other white people about trying to be better like it's not going to happen without us um yeah it's fucked up i feel like sick to my stomach a lot of the time yep I, it's hard to know how i might feel differently if it wasn't it's not in my backyard but it's so close i mean it's proverbial backyard yeah um yeah and if we weren't in lockdown i would be up in those areas a lot <laughs> i'm not yeah not a, not on the same block but certainly not far from it we were just in that city last. Oh like, yeah! Oh yeah! You yeah. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I know. Jesus Christ! Like, yeah. We tooled around that city for an entire day. And yeah. yeah. I like. So I swear I've recognized a couple of the places I've seen in shit. Like, where, probably. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, because I we commented on how diverse of a city it is and how it like how it has all of these different niche communities across it and. Uh, yeah, it's I it's weird because I think of Minnesota in general and perhaps Minneapolis and St. Paul in particular as being like this overly progressive place by and large. And maybe it's because well, I don't know. Yeah, it's like just in case I end up including some of this, I or who cares? I'll cut it out. But like maybe it's because of where I work. So it's going to be buying the educated people or people trying to be educated. But even there, there's a lot of like, you see a lot of the same shit, you know, that's been drummed up by the sort of Trump movement or whatever that is, the kind of empowering people and like people in positions of an intense, like privilege talking about as though they're the victims of I don't know what, I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to like find any words even, but, but so when I was shocked about a lot of this, the bride was like, um, she's like, Oh no, the Minneapolis police department in particular has a terrible reputation for, 
um, police brutality, etc. And she was um, teaching earlier. Uh, she's teaching a research class. <laughs> nothing to do with this um, topic anyway. But so she was like, how in the world am I going to teach these kids today about <laughs> research or try to engage them? And she's like, it's just like uh, you and I were texting about a bit where it's like, who knows what to like everything seems foolish and frivolous when this is what's happening right and um anyway but she uh she ended up just kind of making a space for them to talk about like how they were feeling about it and um um and so i was um downstairs she's upstairs and i'm kind of walking back and forth and um kind of trying to set this stuff up a little bit feeling like oh good i I kind of know what to do with my body for a minute <laughs> you know set up microphone <laughs> 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 and, uh, um i just kept hearing her say these things i wish i she wasn't recording it was kind of similar to where she was moving towards the portion of her lecture that was going to be substantive to the course material and then hit record so that the students could if they need, you know, weren't feeling up to it or whatever, could take care of themselves, go help clean up the community, whatever, like, and they could listen to this later. But she was making this time to talk with them about and ha- have them help, you know, just allow for them to process if that's something they needed. And, uh, right. But the things that she was like kind of moving through and talking about, I didn't know <laughs> about any of them. And some of it had to do with like things you can do and where, like, how police departments are funded. I don't know. Like it's it's all just so beyond me. But I eventually, yeah. oh, so I went from like trying to do my thing and listening with one ear to like taking my slippers off so that I could not so I could hear better above the clack of my feet on the floor and and then I ended up just like sitting in on the stairs with my uh, computer like downloading archiving podcasts while I just listened with rapt attention to everything that she was saying and I told her before I got on here. I was just like tearfully, it's like, Jesus Christ, dude, you're like this, you're an incredible person with a, like a, a a mind that can process this kind of information. Like I, I can't hardly fathom. And what you're doing for these kids like is so great. And like, I, I was like, you, were you recording any all of that? Cause I would listen to that on a regular basis just to understand <laughs> like, and to feel no, like, what can I do in this? Anyway, it was really inspiring to, uh, to hear it all, but there were some actionable items that I now I don't know what this any of them were. But thankfully, I have access to her and she can tell me. Yeah. <laughs> but even her, she was like paralyzed with I need to do something. I don't know what to do. And then she goes and has this conversation with these kids. I'm like, you have no, do you have any conception of what you just did <laughs> for the, right. those kids and all the? I don't even know if they're kids or grad students or what. But on all the lives that they will touch, or just what you did for me just now as a as a human being <laughs> and uh yeah so it's interesting she, she can get sort of paralyzed with despair and feeling like she's not doing enough but on the same hand she was talking all the things she talked about seemed so immensely helpful uh, anyway so she mentioned this one book that she's been using to teach around um issues like this about race called so you want to talk about race by an author that i whose name she can't pronounce either <laughs> yeah um and she's like, this is like, I did actually type that. <laughs> I, I'm going to read it because I don't know what to do about anything. I don't know how to talk about any of this. Um, and this book, I guess, is supposed to help. Or she says it's like a super good resource. So, uh, 
I'm going to tell you what she said. She said, if you're looking for a book that talks about systemic oppression, and I actually can't see very well. This is really small print. She says, this is, and is really clear about, and it's super practical, uh, really clear about, here's what you do. Here's like how to not step in it, you know, like how not to fuck up as a white person or whatever. She's like, and this is a super easy read and a very practical guide. Um, so I was like, yeah, I need that. <laughs> so I guess it's trapped in her office right now. But it's called Let's Talk About Race. It's called So You Want to Talk About Race. Oh, So You Want to Talk About yeah. Race. Yeah. There's an audio version too, but I was just like, uh, I don't know. I was trying to think. Yeah, like, it might be something good to notate. Or just uh, not to die. I don't know. She was talking about when she feels like that thing of like, what do you do? And I can't, you know, she's like, if I feel paralyzed by this, I start to make a plan of like action steps of what's one thing I could do every day. She was telling stories about too, about, um, eh, anyway, I, not, I don't know if she was but very practically, she was talking about like different people have their different comfort levels around these things and things that they're able to do or not do. And that's okay. And, where you might not be comfortable uh, door knocking, you could be the chauffeur. She's like, when I, she did a ton of campaigning or door knocking around the 2004 election up in Duluth. And she was telling a story about a friend of hers or someone involved. Um, Cause I think she was like working with the democratic party. Anyway, she, so this person was not at all comfortable door knocking and drove her around. And she's like, it was hugely helpful for me. Like if I got someone slammed the door in my face or I had some bad, interaction i could get in the car and process with, with her and it was she you know she would just drive to the top of the street and, and meet me there and she's like that would have sucked if i had to like go back to my car and drive and park and anyway so she was given these sort of practical things that you can do and i thought for myself like feel you know i feel a lot guilty about what i do and don't do and uh i was like well i could get that book <laughs> from her i guess it's in her office yeah and read like a chapter a week. I, that's like something I could try to do to just, I don't know, move myself forward in my ability perhaps to talk about this kind of thing. Um, I don't know. But it's, yeah, so much like helplessness and despair and disgust. I, I didn't watch the video of the guy and then last night I thought maybe I should. And so I like did a search um, and didn't it actually didn't come up because so much has happened in the like four days or whatever since that occurred. Yeah. But there's some new video that came out that show all th three police officers kneeling across his body, and I did watch that, uh, which yeah. was only like 30 seconds. And I was like, fuck. And um, uh, it's just uh, so one one of the other things that she said that stuck out to me was like people were t talking about people were talking about like the, the civil not her students but in general people talk about the civil rights movement in the 60s was i think i'm getting this right of what they're referring to these were peaceful demonstrations on all this and she's like no they weren't like if you look at the 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 actual history of certain things like they they weren't peaceful like people weren't paying attention until white people started getting involved in a violent way and that's when things actually started to change that's right. the sentence i heard i don't know anything about it yet but <clears throat> I don't know. And uh, yeah, it's uh it's crazy because before all of this happened with this, you know, tragedy, 
already I was like feeling so fucked up in the world, you know, with the the pandemic and the divisiveness that we experience now, like you wouldn't necessarily know how someone felt and unless they told you, you know, or they let yeah. something slip or they have a Trump sign in their yard or like the guy across right. the street had a flag for a while. But then it's like you go out to run some errand and see like all of these people like defiantly not wearing masks and they're just like announcing or yep. then you see videos of those people like when when someone's asking them or whatever like coughing on people hatefully and it's just like it's also overwhelming <laughs> to people try. people protest like blocking ambulances getting into hospitals uh people I don't know, like over haircuts and yeah, just stupid shit. When a month before that, those same people were fucking hoarding toilet paper and hand sanitizer and uh, putting the economy. How can the how in the fuck can the can the economy rebound in the same week that the like we have more unemployment, more people unemployed than the Great Depression? <laughs> like in the same week the economy rebounds and we have so many people on i don't get it like and it's hard to even know if that's i mean true i truth is so subjective I, well and <laughs> like i mean right the, now. the the stock market has been not, not the economy i meant the stock market ah, Jesus, okay. i'm using the wrong words fuck uh but ju- the stock market was on the up just as like so many just the the numbers of unemployed started to come in at the beginning of i mean the stock market has fluctuated crazily since this all started i just everything feels so wrong yeah it just feels wrong like everything (laughs) feels wrong right now yeah um yeah i don't know i never hit record on the video oh i know i know yeah i so we can just keep this audio um i think they retired hangouts so oh really uh, oh they've got some new thing because whenever i sign into google they're like start this i don't know what it is though i haven't actually done it. it's like google chat or something i forget it's not google Google meet or google meet i think that might be it so um yeah i it's so fucked up man it really is just like it really is i and i don't i thought i was handling it okay and then the last time we recorded and everything that like came from that really showed me that i probably wasn't handling it all okay uh i haven't drank since then by the way really yeah i don't i don't think i'm gonna I mean, Ash and I have some plans to, uh, we're going to try a 30 day challenge different than the one that we did before. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're making this one. Meaning and like so, you're going to make it up. Like we're making up rules of things that we want to do for 30 days. Oh, so not and just adopting try- a program, but like these yeah. things. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. So like, uh, and we're gonna we're supposed to be brainstorming our rules, and then tomorrow, or that's why I had a would have a hard stop if we would have recorded tomorrow. Uh, oh, you've got like a time set to yeah, because we're gonna meet, and then we're gonna talk about and come up with our plan. And June first on Monday is when oh, we that's start. Oh, cool. Plan. 
That's the month. Yeah, it's a thirty-day month, right? I make yeah. Uh, maybe I don't know. Thirty maybe days, half September, half half April, June, and November. I <laughs> I could be getting that wrong. It is a thirty-day month. Yeah, uh, so yeah. it works. Yeah, that's kind of uh, cool. So, um, but things like um, we both are trying to do intermittent fasting. So. 30 days of sticking to our eating plan and then 30 days of sticking to our calories and 30 days of not eating out all easy stuff that would be good positive changes for us, which is nice. We've been doing terrible at all this stuff since quarantine happened. So, um, oh man, you're not alone there. It's like <laughs> it's yeah. new rules somehow. <laughs> yeah, I know. And it's such like, a fucked up time. It's like any way you can cope or, find comfort yep yeah our, our consumption of media has like vastly because what do you do what can you do it's not like and what's crazy is is i thought we were homebodies before mm-hmm. you know like i thought we were kind of like sluggish and just like we, but this since march has just been it's atrocious how bad it's gotten you know just like because what else can you do but sit there and consume anything, mm-hmm. you know? So my pinball game has drastically improved. That's one thing. <laughs> That's good. Uh, unfortunately, so is ashes. Oh, so, uh, <laughs> yeah. Do it's, you guys play? It, uh, so like we would play, like you have, a, I have a turn and you have a turn. And so it's yeah. like you're playing against each other sort of. Yep. Just like that just like that sometimes we'll play where like she'll be player one and three and i'll be two and four Mm. so we can play a four player game and just get more times to play basically um we uh yeah just been doing a lot of that doing a lot of uh watching stuff we got hbo max did you guys get that not yet no i but I've heard that it's like kind of the they're trying to give the Netflix a run for its money and tr- so do they have all Warner Brothers properties? Yeah. Wow. And uh Adult Swim and Cartoon Network and Ooh. um Turner Classic Movies really? is on there. Oh, yeah, that's there's sad. and there's some good stuff on that like so it's kind of I, like the channel or it's like an app for or it's like their it, archive no it, it's like their archive like because there were you can go in and watch the movies like right in huh that's interesting so uh it it's astounding how much is in there um yeah looney tunes <laughs> those are in there uh like good classic looney tunes cartoons uh of course, like the kids portion is a big part of any of these streaming services now. So this has oh, like yeah. Sesame Street and like I said, Cartoon Network already. Um a couple other ones. So it uh and then all the HBO content, of course. Mm-hmm. So yeah, all their TV, um, original TV series and stuff like that. Yep. Yep. Comedy Plus whatever problem. they're rotating on the channel at that point. In time, oh like yeah. yeah. Channels at the time. So like, like right now, uh, Joker is in their lineup. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We have movies. HBO via Amazon. Like it, it can, like we have the, the channel and somehow pay for it you, through the Amazon app. I don't know. Oh, like the, like the, what they're broadcasting. I think prior to or whatever the HBO H- go. 
It's probably HBO Go. That's what it is. Then it should have converted to HBO Max. Oh, you really? Have, Holy yeah, shit. then you might have HBO Max. Well, that sounds great. <laughs> wow. Either that or maybe they... I don't know. Double check that. Because like I get HBO Max through Hulu. Mm-hmm. Like the same way. Yeah. But like, like as, a, as, as an add-on to Hulu. Oh, okay. We just switched to YouTube TV uh, instead of cable like in the last couple of weeks. How do you like that so far? Uh, a lot. I actually, <laughs> I only watch, I don't mean this in a, it sounds so pretentious to say, I don't watch TV like that. I haven't used it for TV without her. So it's, and, uh, but I watch stuff with her, but she just like runs it. <laughs> so, yeah, but uh, it seems kind of slick in that you, uh, you can just like, you know, you hit plus for a, a program and then it adds all the, and so we, I got it. um, because her dad's been a proponent of it for a while. And so I did a 30-day trial after he visited to try to see if we could switch over to it. And she just never really got on board. And then <laughs> she never tried it, I think. <laughs> anyway, so she was reticent, you know, like me. She's reticent to change certain things. and uh, But we're just having enough trouble with our current our cable provider and stuff that we made the switch and uh she really likes it oh we got roku is how we're operating it most of the time oh yeah roku is yeah. Uh, we had uh we have a roku tv and we used a roku stick uh we we like roku it's yeah it's good that's our first kind of foray into anything like that and so that's been fun and uh we uh i've been using it to um like i can put you know the youtube uh app and so uh you know just watch like last night i watched Pearl Jam's 1992 Pink Pop performance on YouTube on the TV, <laughs> which you know does not... it give you YouTube like the YouTube Premium along with YouTube TV? Like do you it, get like commercial free YouTube? It could, yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, um, you know, well, I have the Long Walk Short Drink channel in there, sure. which ha- is attached to that. Of um, course. Sometimes yeah. I, I don't know. Like last night, I didn't do it for some reason because I didn't want it. I don't know why. I was like, well, I didn't want our feed to be all Pearl Jam stuff. I was like, it doesn't matter anyway. But. <laughs> well, that's just our recommended, though. That's just that's yeah, what like we what we see as users when we yeah. log in to, to YouTube, I not what our users see. Oh, I, I know, you know what, what I it mean? was. Yeah, it was because I had I wanted to find it through the history, and I happened to have looked it up oh, I gotcha, on my I personal gotcha. account. But anyway, I could yeah. switch over to that and, and use it seamlessly. I uh, I've kept the Criterion app, and so I've watched things on that um, a fair amount, like at least one movie a month. And I don't know. It's just been a it's been cool. And so I love the idea that we have this other <laughs> reservoir of this Max thing, possibly. Yeah, HBO. possibly. Rick and Morty, I would highly recommend. I watched uh, a bunch of those with Krams when he came out here, because that's his favorite thing, it seemed, or whatever. Yeah. And uh, I enjoyed it. I just, I just don't watch. I mean, things like that on my own for some reason. Even yeah. stuff I would like. I, I don't know why. I no, mean, that's, I, I watch that's fair. one. I, I mean, I'm. <laughs> The TV I watch on my own. I think I told you last time I've watched like an episode of Mad About You on DVD before I go to bed. <laughs> oh man, you're like Ash. So what show is her thing? Um, you've got mail. Guarantee you, if she happened across you got mail right now, on uh, like playing somewhere, she yeah. would just like turn stop it on everything. It would just yep, That's and it would great. just watch it. <laughs> you've got mail. Uh, she loves. Uh, the West Wing. We just started that. Um, we're like three episodes in. 
We watched it when it was on, but I'd never seen it, and I'm loving it so far. She goes through this like three year cycle where she like wants to like binge the West Wing, <laughs> yeah, every three years, and then uh, Friends. Did I say Friends already? No, but that that yeah makes sense. Just like could just randomly pick friend like like uh she even said because friends is on hbo max she's oh yeah like, I, yeah she's like i could watch that episode one to the last episode and never get bored mm-hmm. like every and not want to skip any episode yeah. <clears throat> big bang because that reruns there's like a seven o'clock big bang episode and then seven thirty is jeopardy and that's her jam like she does that every weeknight like nice Jeopardy yeah. every every weeknight. Every That's week, great. Night. She must yeah. know a lot of stuff for, from oh, watching that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the Big Bang is in syndication. You know they don't syndicate the entire series. They just syndicate like so many episodes or whatever, or what's been cleared for syndication, ah, like from one yeah. reason or another. So it's a much more limited pool of episodes mm-hmm. that they have to pull from, and. Uh, because like you know seasons might have certain rights that are distri- you know for distribution going to a streaming service so they might not have like broadcasting st- rights to those episodes at that time mm-hmm. so those pools are just constantly changing and they will stay that way for a little while and so it's really common with these with i think any rerun in syndication once streaming really screwed up a lot of the rights stuff and so but it would just come down where it felt like there was really only like 22 episodes that were just regularly being rotated every day. Mm -hmm. Right. You know? And so like you'd get on and it'd be like this fucking episode. We've seen this episode like six times. Do we have to sit through (laughs) and be told when we're supposed to laugh every Uh, like 30, you know, 30 to 90 seconds again, like, (laughs) no, we don't have to watch this one again. Like, you know, and it's just, (laughs) I I actually you would think there would be everything I would like about that show and I really can't stand it. It's like you would think it speaks to a lot of things that we like, right? And it it, it just is like it it's something about that old school sitcom style with the like canned laughter, yeah. but it's not actually like recorded in front of an audience even though it looks like it's recorded in front of an audience you know yeah yeah uh yeah it just feels antiquated i it you know is the best way to say it that's Uh, great yeah that's a great way to say it i've noticed that too we i think we tried to watch the when they put will and grace back on tv and we were honestly turned off by the same thing we're like i just didn't feel right I got back into Mad About You actually because they did like a six episode thing. That was one of the reasons why we didn't cancel our Spectrum a little sooner. It was a Spectrum original series. <laughs> so Yeah. And so they did, um, I don't want to say it's like, maybe it's 10. I don't know. They did a handful of new episodes and yeah. um, put the whole back catalog in the on demand. Though I've been watching it on DVD on like a four by three TV. <laughs> but awesome. uh, for some reason, I was just so happy to see those characters. I, and that's the convention of the show that is part of what was familiar about it and comfortable was the dynamic of like the la- that sort of laughter, right? And so it didn't bother me. But I think to, s- and to see it on a new show or I don't know, it's weird. I know just what you mean in terms of it being like, eh, this doesn't feel right. 
yeah it's just it's awkward i've never yeah i've never gotten into that one either the big bang so i don't know uh but we i mean we want we still watch tons of youtube and she really gets into youtube a lot our um thing right now is her thing right now and i mean i it's always our thing because most of the time we're watching this stuff together but like her she gravitates towards right now uh rescue videos are real big uh, um, i'm not sure i know like, like what kind like of rescue anim- well, like animal rescues you know like dog rescues uh there's one there's this guy out in california called uh his rescue is called hope for paws and it's it, it's all of the things that really kind of turn you off of YouTube once you spend a lot of time in YouTube, it's really, he does a really good job of like clickbaity titles and like really good screen caps and, you know, for his thumbnails. And he has since like started, he has all these volunteers that I, I hate like bashing him too, because he does amazing stuff. So they're just observations I make. So these aren't opinions. I'm not saying anything about his charity. He does amazing things. If anybody hears this, like <laughs> we love what he does. I I love all of it. It's just, I we noticed in his earlier episodes, and I mean, some of these episodes are like six years old, right? And it's just him. Like he's bringing these dogs back to his house and like recouping them in his house, right? Mm-hmm. And he has since amassed like, veterinarian hospitals that let him just bring animals right into the hospital and they help get them back up and like he's got vets that do reconstructive surgery for dogs that have like limbs that are lopped off by because some of these dogs have horrific things done to them like like terrible things you know jeffrey yeah (laughs) i mean you have jeff yeah which ash said she's like Go up there and record with Dave and tell me what's happening with that dog. <laughs> uh, she means good. Jeff. So you gotta give a Jeff update when we're when I'm done bashing this poor guy who goes out <laughs> and saves dogs. So again, like there. So he has amassed things over this time, and you start to notice these like certain trends start to happen. Like his screen crap, his like thumbnails, like start to started to really change and get fall in line with the trends that you see videos get views for Mm -hmm. you know and like stuff like that and that uh then in the videos like he started stopped being like the main rescuer and started being more of the cameraman and then like all these like female volunteers are out in front of the camera like doing the rescue you know are they dressed like um that tiger king guys who's the one doc was his name doc uh, no something? I no remember. like yeah doc uh, doc antilles antilles doc antil i think that's antilles is a isn't that a star wars yeah <laughs> captain antilles wedge or? antilles wedge yeah, wedge. <laughs> uh no doc antil or i think it's, doc, it's, that sounds yeah. right yeah like his and, scantily clad like helpers. his harem no that right, guy turned that, out that to be his harem. harem yeah that was his harem <laughs> yeah. no uh, he is actually, Ash told me that I think he is engaged to one of the women mm. who since was what, like, he met her through this thing that this channel that he started and God, he does amazing things and like, do, like has these amazing rescues with these dogs. And they're always like good time, like a good time amount for a YouTube video. And 
they are major tearjerker. Like I just cry through all of them uh, as long as they are. A lot of animal videos. We're really struggling. Um, we're having a lot of issues with Tank. I just thought of that randomly like yesterday. Wondering yeah. how Tank was. And I was like, oh, and I have this bad feeling that he's not doing well. He's not really doing very good. And mm. uh, kind of deteriorating. And it's getting to the point where she's pretty much having to hold him up every time he goes poop. He won't even walk for me anymore. Mm. Uh Usually it's just like did I do the trail of turds? Did I talk about the trail of turds? No. Uh, so like, I wish that wasn't such an appealing title. <laughs> trail. Of it's turds. not if you think of like trail of tears, right? Like oh that's fuck the, yeah. Like, yeah! All right, right? thank so you for like, saving me from that. Yeah. How so not like, to step in it? <laughs> you must yeah, have read that book already. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so trail of turds is like his the. the a side effect of this condition that he has is he can't tell when he has to poop and when he doesn't have, like we have a sphincter, like we could shit could be falling out of us all the time. If, if, if not we for, yeah, <laughs> if not for the constant communication between that, like double bear, the double sphincter barrier holding the shit in. And we get to, <laughs> I'm pretty sure if my anatomy, if I, my like high school anatomy is right. If I wasn't snickering enough through this lesson, I'm pretty confident there's like two of them that work, like an internal sphincter and kind of an external sphincter, right? And so like those work in tandem in constant vigilance until like our like <laughs> autonomous system tells us that it's okay to open up, you know, like, yeah. um, well, the communication <laughs> lines are for tank are kind of like have a little bit of static in them the, mm. the line's not as clean as it should be and so sometimes that message gets miscommunicated or doesn't get delivered uh. and so he could just be walking and literally leave like a trail of turds uh behind him and not even know that it's happening mm -hmm. you know uh so <laughs> yeah that makes for uh fun stuff and then um but he now when he does when he does know he needs to poop like he pretty much needs assistance to do it and like he has a pretty stringent routine about how he walks through our neighborhood and um she was telling me like this morning like he tried to climb up this little hill to smell a telephone pole that he likes to smell and his legs gave out on him like when he was at the top so then he like rolled down the hill and uh couldn't really get himself up on his own you have to like he can't even like hop into the house on his own like that one lip to get into the door you know mm -hmm. you have to like i stick i just stick my foot under under his butt mm -hmm. and lift at the same time that he jumps and he thinks he makes it like you think oh, you can you know and yeah. uh he's been in the last yeah it, it it it's just been this deterioration that's pretty evident and pretty hard and it's going to be difficult when it happens oh, i God, know yeah. you know so yeah. uh just another fucked up goddamn <laughs> shitty thing that's this 2020, 2020. Fucking sucks me it's yeah <laughs> like, agreed I, I don't know that you'd find anyone to argue with that <laughs> all around i just i thought i thought 2019 was hard <laughs> 
Like I thought that was a hard year. I can't even remember now. Exactly. Try to remember something fucked up about it. I'm sure there was plenty, but <laughs> I suddenly can't remember anything about 2019. And it's happening all around the world. How about the shit with China and Taiwan and Hong Kong? Like, I only have a vague. Uh, I only know the, that there is something. I can't think what it is. There, th- China essentially is stage is getting ready to. Um, I'm gonna get it wrong. You'll, they're they're essentially preparing to take back by force the autonomous country of Taiwan. I I believe so. Like, oh. it it is technically Chinese, like a Chinese country country, but China. It originally, at one point, it was part of the British Empire. And so China forced out the British or or Taiwan forced out the British and China uh, like just let them run autonomously under the guise of we could still impose our will anytime we want over you because you're ours. And so... Um, they have recently made it abundantly clear that they're planning on invading and and just using force and like imposing the will of the people, which is, you know, communist speak for China, like the Chinese government mm-hmm. is going to bring them back into line by force. Why don't, what they don't, what don't they like about how they're <laughs> conducting themselves? Because they're free uh... and they're not, you know. Yeah. Good lord. It just dude, it's so like when you start even just looking globally, it's so fucked up, man. Like it it I was telling Ash, it, it really is like maybe it is an apocalypse. Maybe it is the end of something, you know, or the, but Not you know how me, me talking Jesus. about cannibalized about how like you know you never really see a movie all those post-apocalyptic movies it's really you don't see the first like eight months of the apocalypse the movies like it's always like either just in the first days of it mm. or in the aftermath of it you never see like mad max is one of the only the few that i can think of that you see that the last remnants of society trying to cling on to this savage world that's like slowly working its way in, right? If you yeah. think of the, the Road Warrior, like the the or, well, the actually, Road Warriors, the Matt, sequel, yeah, the, Mad, yeah, Mad Max, Max itself, is the first one. Not, Jesus, I confused some... it. Sorry, Twinkie. <laughs> but like, but like, he's still a cop, right? Like the yeah, like they the, still have cops, still, but and they still have court and like all the there's a semblance of our current society that still exists in that movie that's yeah. the only thing like that i can think of but maybe we're living that right now like we're maybe we're and we don't know it right know? yeah because like, how could we like, right? <laughs> uh, it, it's uh i it, man is it hard hard to like sleep at night and hard to just like hold it together and not like and then you start to feel like you're crazy, but then when your logic puts two and two together your entire life, and most of the time that logic is pretty good, and you start to piece together these bigger p- things together into, into line, and you're like, yeah, we're we're screwed. 
Like we already lost, I think. I like I, that's what I feel like. Like by the time the Jedi, this is so fucking nerdy that I'm about to compare this. I'm ready. Like, I can't wait now. <laughs> you know how, like in Episode Three, by the time Palpatine exposed himself to the Jedi, it was already too late. Mm-hmm. Like they're like the like plan had already gone off decades before that moment that they knew, and they. And I think we might have done that. I think we might already, that might have already happened. And we're just now finding out, we're just now starting to see the beginnings of it actually yeah. being exposed. And it fucking scares the hell out of me. Yeah. <laughs> yes, me too. Uh, there's this thing I, I, I kind of typed up because I wanted to share it with you because it surprised me. It's kind of about all this, though it's much more about the uh, the pandemic. <clears throat> so there's a there's a podcast that's coming out of the School of Public Health from the University of Minnesota um, about the coronavirus. Um, and I was listening to this one episode. Uh, that it's called Health in All Matters, and so. And it's a little boring, but I this really surprised me. So I, I'll try to not read like all this. I typed this up from the podcast because I was like, it really struck me when I heard it. And actually, I did this a few days ago before all this world can't, got on fire in a new way. But um, um, so so there's this historian called Kurt Brown, and he reads this excerpt from a letter that part goes like so quote because of that awful disease all the towns and cities for miles around are closed everything but the meat markets grocery store and dry goods stores and then the letter goes on to say in some places people have to wear gauze masks when they appear on the street the government has closed all churches schools and theaters and so even though that letter could have been written yesterday it was actually written by this woman called laverne roquette in october 10th of 1918 and it appears in this dude's book uh Minnesota 1918 when flu fire and war raged in the state and there are other things like that President Woodrow Wilson who I had to look up was a Democrat (laughs) actively censored news about the pandemic even though he himself had contracted the virus and um, other similarities with the US response was delayed by a couple of months the 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 Surgeon General at that time warned of two things uh, the possibility of the virus spreading even if you had no symptoms uh, and to be aware the other thing the surgeon general ward was to be aware of charlatans pushing worthless cures and he also goes on to say that one of the other similarities was the pushback when public health uh, officials tried to impose those restrictions and just like we're seeing today he said that uh, during this 1918 pandemic uh, it came in three distinct waves um, so i guess philadelphia had a, held a war bond parade that roughly 2,000 people, 200,000 people packed in to see. Uh, within 72 hours, the beds of the city's 31 hospitals were full. <laughs> and in, uh, I'm almost done here. In San Francisco, despite the chance of going to jail for 10 days and being fined as much as what in today's money would be about 1700 wait, yeah, $1,700, skeptics formed an anti-mask league saying that the masks were, quote, inconvenient and bad for business, end quote, and even punching holes in them so they could smoke. 
So all of this in the in this pan, uh, setting of a pandemic that killed tens of millions of people across the globe and around 700,000 in the U.S. alone. Um, 700,000. Yeah. And so I think we're around, what, the 100,000 yep. right yep. now? Um, but... Yeah. In what so, time that, period does that? Did they give a time period for that seven hundred thousand? Uh let me see. Like, yeah, not I in that quote. Google it. That's okay. I can. Uh, when did the um the pandemic flu pandemic pandemic? I mean, we know that was like in the in the teens. End. Yeah, the nineteen teens. So it went from the the pandemic says it went from January eight nineteen eighteen to December nineteen twenty. That's just what comes so up. So seven hundred thousand people. Even if we said seven hundred thousand people in two years, that's two hundred fifty thousand. So let's do some math on that. So that's number of deaths is fifty. Oh, there's three sets of zeros followed by another three. So that is that fifty million. Three no. sets of zeros Fif followed by three sets of yeah, fifty million. Jesus. Tens of millions. Location it says Earth. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> For, so oh, confirmed cases, five hundred million estimate. Anyway, sorry. What were you saying? Uh, all right. So if we, oh five hundred million. So if we if we go with the seven hundred thousand number right? in the U.S. Yeah, in the U.S. and we divide that by the two years that it raged, right? Uh, as a rough estimate, that's three hundred fifty thousand a year. But then we need to figure out. All right, so then let's divide that by 12. And you're looking at roughly, uh, yeah, you're looking at right around 29,167 deaths. So let's do that. So would you agree like we've kind of been tracking well, let's go from when was the first case of COVID in America? Uh, uh, January, right? Yeah. Like, so January to now is five months. Yeah. So six. No, we've had five full months. So I'm going to take 29,167 and I'm going to multiply that by five. And if we're any where where we are compared to where we are with covid that will give us a rough estimate of where we're tracking compared to spanish flu hmm. right would you agree with that method i, th I think i tracked that so far <laughs> all right so let's do times five and we're a little little bit lower but not a lot so one hundred and forty-five thousand. Well, and I looked right. actually the the date it said was January 20th so we, January was almost over oh, so let's go four so let's go <laughs> yeah. four months and so let's go let's just do 30,000 right so 30 because that'll help in the favor of lowering the number right it would make it mm. seem less scary so let's go 30 no I guess it would be benefiting us but it was like 29,167 I think that's what it was and we're going to multiply that by four then that's only 116,000 so which brings it closer to where we're at um like already off. yeah like so you're off of a margin of like what 14 percent or whatever um one six yeah man sixteen thousand divided by 
I mean, you're looking at, yeah, right around like 14, a little over 14% off, which is a reasonable margin of error. The um, He did give the, in this piece, there was like the population then was about 1.8 billion and it's now nearly 7.8 billion. For know. the world. Yeah. Yeah. Globally. Um, yeah. I don't know if that. All I guess pro- proportions <laughs> would probably be a better a better rate. Well, I mean, but it's still like looking at the number of people that it knocks out if it's if it spreads similarly. So yeah, it's just it's interesting. <laughs> Needless to say, like it, the parallels are interesting. Is that like yeah? It, and I it, guess it, the and... idea that you know, if you think about it, like the the Roaring Twenties, as it were, came after that. You know, and yeah. to, to imagine what what life. Because I think it's easy just like people are like, oh, we'll never gather again. And I don't know what where that's coming from or what facts or science backs that up. But I just I'm, I'm coincidentally I'm well, actually, it's not coincidentally. It's because of what's going on. I'm working on this project, this document. It's becoming a mini documentary, they're calling it from this research profile I did about the of this one historian, American Indian historian, who's trace uh, who does work around the jingle dress dance, which sort of is a tradition that emerged out of this flu pandemic of 1918. And so um, the the legend goes that this this young girl was, you know, sick from the flu and that there was some sort of, her dad made her this dress that had like Copenhagen cans on it and she put it on and she was dancing and started to feel better. And so it's, it became this like symbol of healing. And for American Indian people, uh, sound has a, big uh component uh, in like the way that it spirituality i guess in the way that it moves through air anyway they were celebrating the 100th anniversary of this this tradition and there's this museum in northern minnesota and so we did this profiler profile on this researcher uh and she wrote uh, a book about it and all that but um so now we're exploring it because it's been coming back around again like there's like and it's also this women's empowerment movement and there's a political bent to it but so but they're putting on jingle dress dances like young women now and they're like dancing for healing around the pandemic that we're currently in anyway so this researcher was telling me she's like american indians in particular like she's because she's she's also a professor of american studies separate from her sort of heritage or um sort of ethnic identity i guess but she, she studies like Amer- whatever american studies means but she's saying like as a country we oftentimes don't have this like historical perspective <laughs> that they bear in mind she's like american indians like are pretty good at that and she's like this will pass like this will end at some point and we'll have to heal is what she's sort of right. saying so I, anyway i've been thinking about the history of it in a way that I, because of this that i wouldn't otherwise and it's kind of comforting i guess to to think about the idea that it will end <laughs> but it, we're also like confronted with all of this we're not doing enough as a country certainly like nationally for government to to help it end <laughs> like they're no. just like this deciding that it's over declaring that it's over because it's good for business <laughs> and oh it's so scary hydroxychloroquine speak i don't know where yeah. the men like i know kind of like snake oils right, right. like you uh i was telling ash a really interesting observation of that uh did you heard i'm sure that like he had some kind of financial tie to I'm sure, yeah, hydroxychloroquine course, yeah. right like yeah. that that's why i was pushing it so much that makes um, sense and i said you 
you could figure that out really quick because if you noticed, he slowed down every time he said it. He wanted mm. to make sure he said the name correctly. So he would be on one of his like tirades and spews, and then he would say hydroxychloroquine, <sighs> you know, like yeah. really slow, articulate it, get the brand out there. Wow. And go back and watch that shit. That whole, the, I, I'm sure there's montages of him peddling it mm-hmm. and just watch. He, he pronounces it accurately and articulates it very well every time that he says it. And, uh, just the ulterior motive and the, the abuse. It's the abuse of the American people is two fold. It's using their power to oppress those who are against them without that power and their influence to use those that don't have that influence or power to support them like that, that want it, the, the, those that don't have that power, but want it, they use their influence to you to use them as their own for their own gain. And it's this like, twofold thing that of just so much division and so much I don't know victim victim culture and it's on both sides that's the piece that I the part that I hate is like I feel like sometimes too it's just like this competition to see who's the like who was the victim first how fast can you say you're the victim who's the worst victim <laughs> and the real victims get lost in all of that you know what i mean and like um everybody can't be a victim that, yeah you know well, you know what I, it's like, like what well, I, I and this has been something that i've been working on in my own life and so maybe i'm especially sensitive to see it in other people but it's just like yeah both people can't well it's not that both people can't be victim or both people can't be, but like people have to just it's just staggering to me that how much folks won't just say they're wrong like i'm wrong i'm sorry yeah yeah or like when someone's like this is hurtful to me or whatever like that or instead of just being like no it's not and here's why it's not just be like oh sorry <laughs> so Brian <laughs> will often say like teaching around the what part of ouch don't you understand <laughs> you know like trying to right. when she's teaching around issues of, of oppression and stuff like that and you get people there's this like did, people don't want to be wrong they don't want to be in the wrong um but like this uh, <laughs> trump is like that like he can't like he he won't even admit to having said a word wrong you know what i mean he, he like invent this like there's that thing where he's like i didn't say that wrong <laughs> like he can't the sharpie thing with the map that? like where where like he did you do you remember I, that like no i the map? i checked out for like honestly about when he started talking about pulling out of the world health organization or something about i just lost my mind oh, no, and this i was last year the, the map thing was last year but oh maybe wait remind me i'm ready i can take it i think <laughs> so there was a hurricane coming that was about to hit inland and he said and the people of alabama need to evacuate and it was like florida georgia mississippi like they were all and and like the the national um weather service had to follow his tweet and say no like Look at our maps, like the people in this state, like you're totally safe. And so then he 
had a press conference that was like, this is the map that I was shown. And he took the map that was from the National Weather Service and you could totally see the projected landfall. Didn't it come anywhere near the state that he said needed <laughs> to evacuate? And then there was a Sharpie that didn't even proportionally do it. Just went out and he just drew this little oval off of that projection in a different style of ink. You could tell it was just a hand-drawn extension onto this map that barely touched into that state. And he's like, see, it goes into that state. That's why I said for them to evacuate. And then he put somebody in charge of the National Weather Service that made them go back and retract their tweet. Like... <sighs> Yeah, that could have incited a panic that could have cost people's lives. Well, and he has cost so many lives yes. through the and it's like I, I when I when I freaked out and I was like, I can't I'm like not following uh even the so my my news practice for years has just been like five minute updates a couple two, three times a day from morning, noon and we're usually like morning before work. Um, before i come home from like npr and i'm a sustaining member of that it seems like an important thing to to support but i just stopped like i i stopped because i couldn't handle it i felt or whatever and it was probably easily a month or maybe even more and then in the last few days i was talking to the bride and i was like i just i don't i don't know who to believe and she was just like yep she was like oh no like don't say that she was just like i can't i can't hear that she's like that means that that's how they win if 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 people like if you're saying that to me that you, you he's like she's like the people in the press like they risk their lives to br to cover these things to bring so that the truth matters like it, and and if you just lump them all in together then we could be doomed and i was just i she said it way better than that like i but it, she she completely turned me around where I was like, oh, yeah. And so I started to re-engage and just listen the way I was. And I, yeah, it's, it's so frustrating to me that I can't synthesize simple ideas like that or just even repeat what she said to me that really changed my entire outlook and helped me get my head out of my yeah. ass. Yeah. Um, it's hard, though. It yeah. is hard to know who to believe because it's convincing. Yeah. Yeah, and, and then feel, as we you feel and like everyone's manipulating things. Yeah, and technology throws everything because they can make anything look like anything now, and it be believable. You know, yeah. like, uh, and 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 we're educated, intelligent people, and I'm not. That doesn't, again, at the too late risk of sounding pretentious, but the masses, that is even. I feel it would take even less. It needs to be even less convincing. It just needs to say what they need it, what they want to hear. Like, yeah, yeah. That, you know, like it well, doesn't I even have for to that be too, that convincing. Sure. Right. Just yeah. kind of just say what I want to hear, man. That's yeah. where we're at right now. And then it's, it's catered to by, by someone. And then you don't have to be confronted with uncomfortable things. And believe yep. me, I don't want to be, I, the the bride is uh, this phrase. She's like, I am not conflict diverse. She'll say, and she'll she has the tools and training. And that's the thing about when we, I think what I'm hearing when you say something like educated people, it's like we've had the opportunity to go to college and to learn like 
tools to learn, you know, basically, or to yeah, to, to sort to through information, etc. We have been trade to learn. That's yeah. where I really think the big where where I want to question something. Like I want, like I read an article, I want to know what their sources are, and I want to go out and I want to look at those sources. And I might read three articles about the same thing. Yep. And yep. they and those three articles, one of them or maybe two of them might be from a news outlet. I intentionally don't typically agree with their viewpoint. This is exactly know? what like, the bride was saying to me. She's like, it's like, your responsibility to do that. You can't just check out and you can't decide that um, yeah. that the, the all of the news is wrong because that's how the, the evil people can manipulate you. And that's how they do. And yes. uh Thank you for saying that because that was part of what I guess I I needed to hear. And you, and you have to do that. You do like, and it's tedious. And and then and that's the problem too. Is like, even the best stuff is still still you can see the seeds of manipulation in it, like or, or of like trying to lean you in a in a different direction, you know, or trying to work in like the Trump bash along with the facts, mm -hmm. you know, like I am so sick. There, there has been in the last few months, some stuff that they've blown up about Trump. And I'm just like, who the fuck cares? Like, see, I don't like now i sometimes it does feel like you're just reaching and looking for something like look he's got enough just keep why don't we just keep reporting about the like multiple tens of women who have accused him of sexual misconduct over his life that have been brushed under the rug why isn't that something we talk about every day yeah like, when i think about that about him dismantling know, the the pandemic like the arm or whatever the fuck of the government that's supposed to be in place to deal like th with this stuff yep, i was like why isn't yep. that the first sentence about why aren't we talking about that every and just and like let's just talk like new stories every day new angles every day when was the last time you heard about kids in cages at the border? Do you know if there's still kids kids in no, cages down course, to the border? Yeah, and know. how they're faring during this pandemic? I don't know. Because that just even the news outlets that typically tell me the news that I kind of feel like I can trust on the surface, even them they have stopped reporting because nobody they got it they oversaturated that so much and beat that drum so much on both sides that nobody cares about it anymore. It's just in one ear and out the other. Meantime, I lay awake thinking about these hundreds of thousands of kids sitting in fucking barbed wire, like fences down at the border. You know that that fucking thing is rolling through there, that COVID is rolling through. Oh, those yeah. Fucking the things. Close, close quarters of the confinement. And, and like, what, wh why aren't we still talking about those fucking kids? No matter if it gets us ratings or not. Why is that still just, just an update, just still reminding you on mm -hmm. top of all this other COVID shit that's going on. Our current administration is still keeping children in cages at the border. That's still happening. And you know, what's fucked up, still uh, extra fucked up is if they weren't Brown kids, we would be hearing about it every day. Every fucking day, every fucking day, and it's just like, and it's just like this inherent racism that no, it is it sucks to talk about <laughs> because yeah, because yeah. and I had this one experience. Um, I don't know if I've ever really told anybody about it, uh, and I don't even know if I'm interpreting it correctly. But it was around the time 
when I was starting to just be exposed. You hear that word growing up, but you don't necessarily coming from where we did in this small town where there really wasn't any racial diversity almost at all. I mean, right. seriously, almost zero, none. Um, one or two non-white people. Yeah. And I can't even remember uh, well, any when I was... One or two. I should say one or two families because there was like... Oh, yeah. Uh, and I don't want to say oh, their sh- names because I don't want to single them out. But there was like the... So make sure you just beat these or oh, cut okay. them out. But there was like the... Like that, like they were... Uh, like I don't even know them. And she was in the grade behind me. He was... Wasn't he in your grade? That name rings a bell. And I just thought of like... I think it was his name. He was his uh, obviously was uh and he came Yeah. <laughs> I think. Yep. And but, then there was when I lived in the villas, there was an African American single mother and her daughter. Her daughter's name was Tanya. And for the longest time they were like the only black people in Ritman. The only two. I you know? I can't even think of any black people. I, there was this one kid that I remember I played like pre little league with. And that's yeah. all I remember. And as soon as they, as soon as that girl graduated, they moved out, like they left the town. Like, yeah, I can't blame. I mean, you know, there's Confederate flags in the downtown area of businesses now. It's fucking ridiculous. Like, and like gun yeah. magazines at the stop and go are plentiful. Oh, did you fucking hear him? He was in some. Was he in Virginia or South Carolina or something? And he's like, he's doing some schmoozing thing. And he's like, oh, did you hear they uh, they want to take your guns down there? Nobody wants your fucking guns. Nobody wants your guns. You know what? You can have your guns. Just don't fucking kill people needlessly with them. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, what I mean? like it would. We have no problems with the guns. It's the fucking kooks that get them and want to use them because they can hold 150 rounds. At a go, and they can kill eighty people from a hundred yards away. That's that's the kind of shit that doesn't need to exist. And I'm pretty confident in our forefathers right. didn't even consider when they wrote in that amendment. You, oh, when it takes uh, however long to change a fucking musket round, you know? <laughs> yes, yes. What, like, have I, you uh, seen that tweet? That it's like, I think it's been tweeted. I'm sure it's gone in a lot of different ways, but it's like the protests of people holding those kind of assault rifles on government steps. Uh, protesting the shutdown, basically, You're like we want to be yeah. able to go to fucking restaurants, yeah. And then, and it's like Trump's response to that about su- basically supporting it, his tweet right. about it, and then right next to like a uh, a tweet about the tweet about the what's going on in Minneapolis right now, where he he's saying like thugs and all type, and yep. it's like that's when the shooting starts, and it's like basically his his it's so transparent. Ugh. Oh, and nobody calls it out, and nobody or, really. Or they do, but like the the problem is too is I and I I was saying something, or at one of the many problems I was saying something about just feeling like it's certain people are misinformed, and then Brian was like, "No, they're fucking racist." Yeah, <laughs> like that's. Anyway, so I want to talk about a moment where I was racist <laughs> or something, but All it right. was. So I was I was trying to get a cello player <laughs> in uh I feel like this was 2006 ish and uh I was trying to find string players to play with me and my music and be on the album and um there's this one guy who had seen like a uh like a 
it wasn't cable access exactly, or maybe it was, but some sort of show like that. I was on and played some songs. And so he reached out to me through MySpace at the time. And he was like, I, yeah, I really like your music. And I, I've come up with cello parts. And I was like, oh, great. And so I went and met with him a couple times. And we were trying to kind of sort something out. And I was, 20, so I was like 26 or so, maybe seven. I don't know. But I was in college and uh, getting to know the bride who'd already done a lot of work around issues of uh racism and oppression and you know all of that and like in her graduate work and she came from a neighboring small town where so kind of had a similar background as me but like had she's already had by the time she and i met she was 30 you know and she'd done quite a lot of like actual just like the work like i i feel like for so many years like even especially when i was doing music i would write about my personal struggles but I don't know how much I truly worked on them, you know? Yeah and, uh, yeah. and for the last so many years where I haven't been doing music, that has been a lot of like just trying to work on stuff and like actually get better, feel better and, and behave better, et cetera, instead of just singing about how I wish I could do that or whatever. Anyway, this is back around the time though, where I'm just kind of very early on starting to, what am I even trying to say? Like a good example, I feel like for me that you knew like certain like words were bad, certain racist ideas were bad. You know, sure. I feel yeah. like even growing up in the small town where we did, but does that that same small town like the the mascots are like uh, you know the the Indians and in Cleveland yep. the the Indian and that that red faced chief Wahoo, but like for most of for like most of my life not uh, over half my life uh, up to this point i didn't it never would have occurred to me that that could be a bad thing yeah not once but once i started to to hear about how that is it's that ouch thing like how it's not just like offensive because it's politically this or that it's like using an entire like race or whatever as we define it culturally race like uh, uh, indians and like it it's so okay to, to just like like if so if you picture like chief wahoo as like a sambo uh, african-american type thing that would never fly absolutely we, uh, but so um if, if like it, for some reason, that's fine to do it to American Indians. Like they're working on it, whatever. But people are dug in about it anyway. I'm just using it as an example to say that I never had any idea that that would be racist and wrong and and hurtful right. to people. And so we're around the p- point in time where I'm starting to like understand some of that. But like, it's the kind of thing that once you once you see, you can't unsee, and you start to see it in all these new places. And and I was just starting to recognize the general underlying racism that i had from where i grew up i guess and still yeah. have um uh i just overheard the bride saying today there's i guess some sort of cliche about the spiral staircase of these kinds of issues and basically you're just always kind of going up it. you never get to the top you right. just realize what you don't know throughout the course of your your entire life um but i i was starting to realize enough to know that um I had a lot of work to that there was work to be done i guess there were things to overcome attitudes right. to to correct and so i'm meeting with this guy and he uh he oh man i forgot about this part he seized upon this lyric of mine that was 
sorry, I hadn't thought about this part. So it's like, um, sorry, I should know this. <laughs> like a broken bone never set right. This is the lyric. Like a broken bone never set right. A broken heart lingers like an endless night. That was the lyric. But this guy was convinced that I didn't say lingers. <laughs> oh. uh, and so he, he really like held me to it. He's like, no, I believe you're saying this. He was a, 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 a black guy, a cello player, who was a little bit older than me, but not much. And we had been getting along great and kind of making some progress. But I was like, no, I would... I, I was just trying to wrap my head around like how he could think that, even just from the construction of it. It's like, no... I like the L. It's like the L's lingers like an endless night. He's like, no, no. So it's just, but, and so I was trying to oh, see, but was he, and he was not okay with you using, obviously. Oh, no, saying, of course not. Like, he, yeah. He was like calling me out on it. Um, and it was like it, cause he didn't, ha it wasn't a song that um, would have been available to him prior to. Oh, us maybe gotcha. like him maybe recording on the album so i gave him like the whole album so it's like this one visit was great i came back he's like well i do have an issue with <laughs> this thing here and so i think somewhere in that conversation and i think like i'm i'm probably there wearing this like righteous babe records shirt i have of like the i don't know if it's the social it's like this it's the fist like you put it up like black power yeah. or whatever but it's got like peace fingers right um, i don't know why I'm, i guess i'm doing it for you we're not recording video but so I'm, I'm starting to like you know no always used the term as like woke back then or anything but um i was starting to feel more that way and i i remember saying something to him where it's like acknowledging like that i'm sure i do have underlying racist uh ideas that i need to move through and so i don't know if it was just that he was but i never heard from him again um yeah so i i always thought for all these years that maybe my having said that the way that I said it, like a, to what I thought was a good thing to acknowledge that I, right. Um, he was just taking us like confirmation of like, yeah, this guy's an, an avowedly open racist prick and I don't want anything to do with him. Or like he really thought that I oh. anyway, but so it's weird to like think so, that first even... off, how does that make you racist? That's not, that's not you being racist that was clearly a misunderstanding though oh the like, lyric thing absolutely the lyric thing was yeah. clearly a misunderstanding yeah. and you trying to admit that i'm sure i have some undertones that also is a misunderstanding like that wasn't you admitting that you were a racist and you were saying the n-word right right ninja the, the, yeah. i saw that there was a really great uh I watched this awesome AI video where this uh, kid made an AI that wrote rap lyrics and he fed in like there's some national hip hop database that has all the hip hop lyrics like Wikipedia typed out in them. And so he fed the he fed the entirety of that database into this AI for it to learn and he and he got to a certain point in the video it was really fascinating to watch like how the ai worked to put together these rap lyrics um because at first it's just generating gobbledygook on the screen like no 
And then after like 10 seconds, there's words. Like it learned in 10 seconds to go from gobbledygook to words, right? Whoa. And like, uh, and so, but ultimately, the, the first time, you know, it's, it's hip hop. So that word is used, the N word is used a lot in hip hop. And it, the like video grinds to a halt. And he's like, this is where I need to like come in because there's a particular word that because of the, the, content that we're trying to get the ai to generate that this word is going to come up so in the future on this video where we will refer to that word as ninja mm -hmm. and so uh yeah I, I just think that instead of saying n-word i like ninja yeah i've heard that before in a different source i, I like it too yeah <laughs> uh, I, I guess i just wanted to sh share that just to say that like that's one one experience that i've had where it's just like this stuff is difficult like you're going to fuck up and say bad things, but uh, I we can't not talk about it. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, I I have a very similar story that also actually involves, by extension, the bride. That that in this so in in, in that involves the same kind of where you're you think by doing this that is helping me acknowledge and move beyond my own shortcomings and my own misconceptions of race and, and, and race issues in America. So obviously we know Dave and I have been making projects, you know, we, we've been making, that's the first time I've referenced this being a show and that's weird. Uh, so we've been making projects in forever and, I mean, WPLMR, well, all of that prior all started with, I made three, uh, which I don't know where the third one is, but I made three mix CDs called WPLMR. And on uh, them, I wanted, I, I, I don't know, I had this fat, I had this fascination that is still something that I like, I not a fascination. I just had this idea of like, and part of it is, you know how I love to learn about things. I, everyone I knew my entire life, the town we grew up in were all just like me. They all had like the same similar culture and history. And like, it was all very familiar. And so the idea of having an African-American or some any other differing race as a, as not just an acquaintance, but a, a literal counterpart that I could have these kind of intimate conversations like I have with you, right? Like, but from a completely different culture and background than myself so that I could learn. I want to learn about that culture and that background and that, and those things that was just not available to me in the the town that we were living like i had got just gotten divorced and moved back to that town i just graduated from college so i had there was no diversity in my life and i wanted to make these mix cds and i wanted to have this show and i thought what a great you know one of the things that i at the time that was i really liked the howard stern show because it had evolved at that by that point he was on Sirius XM, right? And the show oh, wow. had evolved to this. It wasn't shock jock radio anymore. That still happened, right? Like he still did that kind of stuff, 
but really it was just his buddies. They just like he had collected this awesome group of friends that he like ushered into fa- like f- fame with him. Yeah, like Fred and and Robin. Yeah, and all Fred that. and Robin and and Robin was his co-host and she was this amazing African American powerful woman who was his co-host, right? And like and I was like I need a I need an African American co-host. And so I created a character which was like that's like my it's audio blackface. It's literally audio blackface. Oh, you know, like I had never heard that. You might have made up that. I think I expression. did make it up. And it's <laughs> but it's just like and I remember like when those came out, like in and I distributed them amongst our our friend group, and I they were getting really that's what motivated me to do WPLMR. Jerome didn't make it to that podcast version of WPLMR because of the bride, because through the bride talking to you about how that's it probably inappropriate and getting by extension the kind of haphazard Dave response to that like <laughs> it really made me at, at first I was very, very indirect I'm sure <laughs> yeah and yeah. it, 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 it was like you know mind, well yeah. maybe this new girlfriend you know because you guys were new like newly yeah. dating right yeah. like this new girlfriend of mine uh, was maybe point out that maybe that's not the most like I know your motivation behind it, but maybe the uh, it's not the most like racially just way to do that, you know. And I, and at first I was really indignant, you know, like really like, well that I'm not racist at all. That's the whole point of it is like I I would have an African American on that show, but I don't know any African Americans, you know, and. But I want diversity in my show. Well, that doesn't give me the right to be that. It's not any more diverse if I'm the one trying to provide that diversity through a voice or a character, you know. Uh, yeah. So, but but again, it's through that. It's one of those things where it's like it. You don't even think of it as being racism until somebody else who really understands that points it out to you. So. Maybe that's the advice is don't like find those people like the bride, find those, find the people that do understand it, latch on to them, ask questions, ask questions again, find somebody else and then ask them the same questions and get their answer and synthesize the two yeah. or use their answers as a basis for you to draw your own concu- conclusions about it, your own opinions and your own perspectives and then support those and fight for them, but don't lock them away, keep them open and keep them like, in a place that they can grow and live and change as they need to, because race relations in America right now are different than they were five years ago. And five years ago, they were different than they were 60 years ago. So just know that like, just because what's okay today might not be okay tomorrow and vice versa, you know, uh, be open to that change and be a part of it and impetus for that change in the right direction in the positive stuff. I, I, I don't know. Uh, so you want to talk about race? That sounds like a good start. Yeah. That's something I want to, cause I can't still to this day discuss it yeah. very well. I, I mean, honestly, I, I have trouble discussing anything that is uncomfortable. I just not sure. I, I just have yet to cultivate that skill. Honestly, it's very hard for me. Um, I'm just looking for this one thing as we're, cause I, I had an opportunity to, um, I, I went and did this, like, I think it's called the peace project. 
Yeah. So this dude uh, does something called uh, a piece of my mind, and he goes around to different places, and he asks people like to share like one sentence about peace, and he pairs it with these like beautiful black and white um, photography. And so he came near where I well, he came where I worked. Um, I'll just tell you, and I guess cut it out or whatever. But and I was he was like right by where you I was. Can see it. He came to where I worked because I know that's where you worked. And then you still don't have to beep it out. Oh, the... Wait, what? <laughs> you didn't have to say... You... you just say he came to my job. Oh, I know. I know, oh, and that... I know you know. Yeah. <laughs> so stupid. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I get so... I get so, so uncomfortable. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I knew... It's, it's like he, because um, I had done a video for the MLK program. Uh, it was celebrating, I think it's like 50th uh anniversary and we ended up doing this kind of round table discussion um anyway i was just involved in it and because because of i made that project we, we were actually kind of telling this story of when during the civil rights movement the students on campus like overtook the um the administration building they like occupied it and made them the administration sort of change their policies around certain things i'm, I'm sure i'm glossing over that terribly and getting some stuff wrong. But so we ended up um, kind of talking about the anniversary of that, which led to all these like, you know, led to things like having the Martin Luther King Jr. program or the African-American Studies Department or American Indian Studies Department, the Chicano Studies Department, all this stuff. Anyway, so the, the my client, I guess it were from that project, told me about this and invited like people from the campus community to come and participate. And um, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I showed up, and the the prompt uh, for this stop on this guy's tour was um, so it's a what does he say? I'm looking at Twitter here. It's a at a piece of my mind one, and it's like peace spelled like peace, man. And it said, uh, it's a public art project that uses story and photography to bridge divides. And so I was, I didn't know what the prompt would be, but the prompt I was given was in 25 words or less, what is the unique opportunity slash challenge of talking about race at this moment in history? That's weird. I haven't thought about this till about three minutes ago, <laughs> but, uh, so I wrote down, um, today I feel it's important to listen, learn, own my impact, admit when I'm wrong and have hurt someone and commit to doing better. Really short. And I posted that on uh, social media. And I remember this, th I st th this, this is the part I think about more often, unfortunately, is because of this um, uh, like music colleague or whatever said something like really shallow comment, but you look handsome in the, in the picture. And, and it really bummed me out. Cause I was like, I know the, because there's the whole thing about virtue signaling and stuff. But if you look at if I, I said, it's just important to listen, to learn, to own my impact and admit when I'm wrong and commit to doing better. Like that's a simple sentence, but I will spend my whole life trying to live up to that. Yeah. <laughs> and that's one yeah. of the th hardest things about this. Cause I remember, and, and it could be any number of people. And so like in, in this case, like the bride is also white like me. Um, and so when we were first like getting seriously involved, I remember something coming up. Like we were about to go out. I think Moto was there in my apartment in Kent. And the something about racism came up. And I remember, I don't remember anything about it other than the fact like I literally went to the dictionary and showed it to her and was arguing with her about the definition of it.
<laughs> like I knew correctly and she didn't. And I don't even remember the distinction. I think it had something to do with power, actually. But um, but anyway, it's... Uh, what am I saying? Oh, but so I think one of the biggest things I saw in that moment, like I was very defensive. And I think this goes well beyond race or anything. And it's something that is hard to, for me to implement in my life in general is this whole listen and admit when I'm wrong. Like, and I started to, it, so I've, I've been working on that much more consciously in a, a broad blanketed uh, way of just like listening to listen and not to defend myself or something like that. It's And once I started to become aware of that, it's like it happens a lot where I'm just like arguing that I'm not wrong. <laughs> like I don't think of it like that. Right. But I don't know. It's, it's just this powerful thing I feel like because that's the whole thing. It's like it, the minute someone does that, suddenly there is no argument, <laughs> you know? <laughs> the argument is over because <laughs> you don't disagree anymore. Like, oh shit, I'm wrong. <laughs> and it... I don't know. So it's, um, and then from there, like that's suddenly there's the opportunity for things to be different. And I guess, uh, I don't know. I don't even know what I'm saying. Um, I, I, that bums me out because, but I think like your colleagues comment, how unhelpful and how unnecessary. Yeah. And it's just so much of like, and I'm sure she didn't give it a second thought, you know? And I, yeah, that's so much of like the social media landscape is, and I'm hyper aware of it myself. And it's just like everything we do, there's, there is like a performative thing. And it really made me question, why did that bother me? And I was like, and I was trying to own certain things because I was like, yeah, I did post that picture because I felt handsome in that picture. That was part of what I was looking for. She gave me 50% of what I was after, I think, by posting that. Because <laughs> I was—I yeah. wanted people to say, you look handsome and you're a thoughtful, sensitive guy or whatever. And she didn't say one of those things. And so I was yeah. crushed. <laughs> and I was like, but it's so weird because it's like, I don't know why she did it, of course. Um, and I, but anyway, so part of it is to, she's that sort of virtue signaling, right? Where she's like, cute cute thing white guy whatever to say anyway i don't know i guess i shared these examples (laughs) knowingly like recorded or whatever just it's hard to know like what's helpful to hear like at a certain moment for anyone and i guess it's helpful for me to be reminded like i'd forgotten parts of these stories one of the things that i found really helpful like about recording our converse candid conversations and sharing them and stuff and especially me editing them is like i'm confronted with myself in a way that most people aren't (laughs) you know you don't usually hear like yourself droning on for like four hours about things (laughs) and so that could be why i don't listen to our episodes like i yeah i don't think i would listen if if i didn't have to edit Certainly not in any kind of a regular basis. Yeah, but I think that confrontation of self is one of the might be one of the reasons why I have such a hard time listening to our episodes. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Adage, like, like people like, like, like I hate to hear my own voice or whatever. Like most people feel that, that way. <laughs> and all the but no, but that's that to me is shallow. Like oh, I don't like the sound of my own voice because I've done so many projects and and have heard myself now so many times that doesn't even that isn't even off putting to me. It doesn't even sound different now. 
Yeah. I, I'm sure like do you or do you feel the same way? Like, oh, I'm when so you hear used to here. I mean, I am the main subject of most of my own uh creative endeavors, and so it's yeah, so, very familiar to me. Yeah, so I I mean it doesn't even throw me off anymore now. We've I've made so many recorded things uh, uh that I've seen and heard that, that that piece doesn't bother me. But the you know, well, the last, like, like the last episode, the the um, our day drinking episode, <laughs> yeah, the revenge episode. Like, there's no way I, there's no way I could even find anything to enjoy listening about myself in either of those episodes. You yeah, know that I mean? makes sense. Like, yeah, yeah. So I've, I've encountered that. I mean, I can relate, is what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> about myself so often in this. So, show. uh, so. Yeah, I, I I can totally get I, I can totally respect that confrontation of self. I'm sorry I cut you off. Oh, it's OK. Uh, I, I don't know that I really realize it as such or think about it all the time. I just looking at like, like, for instance, this whole like quarantine and stuff. I am very fortunately coincidentally um, had just been in a place where over so many years I developed healthier habits and so i haven't um so i've just been like karate in the garage more <laughs> or, or walking more um and not necessarily like it didn't intensify bad habits for me because i'd i'm sure maybe some anyway i just mean I, I'm, that's just like lucky but why i bring up the show and stuff is because i feel like it has been super instrumental in me finding my way to those some better practices because of like both of both us talking about it and aspiring to it. But me, it's, it's a weird way in which I've like held account to myself or just reminded like, Hey man, remember you said you wanted this thing. And like, here's all of these times you, you said you wanted this, but you didn't actually do it. And certain things like I don't, didn't really want, <laughs> you know, other things I right. kind of did. And that, that that's what I mean. The, it helped me to change because I like hear things and just like, Oh, I really, I just fundamentally don't want that. And so it, I don't know, but it all feels like I'm trying to say it like it's virtuous or something. It's, it's really not, it's just like a, a byproduct. I've been thinking the last couple of minutes about like the last time pumps was on the show and he was saying, talking about his past self in some way. He's like, I'm, He's like, I change all the... I don't remember what he said. I'm paraphrasing. He's like, I change all the time. He's like, I'm embarrassed about things I said last week. <laughs> yeah. You, you know? Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure what I'm getting at with any of this. <laughs> but... Uh, I don't think we need anything. No. I don't think yeah. there needs to be... It's just like... it's The greater world right now... This show has always been about... Us not just us connecting but us trying to be better friends better people through the support of each other right yeah and yeah some of us have made you know you you've made great strides i've made some strides like and i think that the show has been effective in some ways on that and this what's happening in the world right now is a great illustration of why we need it, why we need to keep doing that. And we should keep doing that every day. And we should, and not stagnate and not 
hit be comfortable. I hate fucking comfort. And because it just like comfort is a warm blanket that will swallow you alive if you let it and you'll never get out of it. Like be a little uncomfortable sometimes and grow, you know, and, and I think, I think what's happening in this world, everything right now for two people that essentially have been practicing this with this reflection, this, this kind of intense reflection, you know, we say do therapy, like it's just like a subtitle for the show, but it's a, it's a good moniker, you know, mm -hmm. like there, I think there is some therapy, some on some level that happens here in this show. Right. And, and we're just seeing right now, we're, we're seeing that, it's re it's reaffirming it, it it yes we still have work to do on ourselves and then let that work impact beyond ourselves you know uh ash and i watched uh groundhog day last night oh really yeah so uh because the you know the, it feels like groundhog day mm -hmm. this this, yeah. this right and uh She's like, I, when that, when that joke first happened, she's like, I hate that fucking movie. I'm like, what are you talking about? That is one of Bill Murray's like best performances. It's so, it's such a perfect dark comedy. It's because it's a really colorful, height, happy, bright comedy on the surface. But when you really think of the implications of it, that's what makes it dark. And, uh, she's like, I don't know. Somebody told me how great it was. And then I just, don't know if I was in the wrong mood when I saw it or whatever, but I just hated it. And I, so I've always had that experience about it, but it can't, has, because it's been this like joke that has come up regularly since quarantine, not just from me or anyone else, but just like, it just is in the periphery. It makes sense. Like, Oh, this feels like groundhog's day or, Oh, we watch groundhog's day. Like we heard friends saying that, like, cause we're living groundhog day. And so she finally was like, you know, I think I need to give that movie another try. And so we were talking about it. I, of course, fell asleep in the last like uh, hour or so. Uh, but she finished it all the way through. And so we were talking about it today. And uh, and there's articles and videos that break this all down much more eloquently than I'm about to do it. But when you really look at the philosophy of that movie, it's really, really, really smart because like if you watch his character and think of when he, so he realizes very quickly the, the, what he starts to perceive and, and that changes, but initially he starts to perceive what he has as a potential gift to reap rewards with. Oh yeah. yeah. And because the first thing he does is sleep with a woman. He uses it to his advantage to sleep with a woman and then he uses it to his advantage to sleep with another woman and then another one and another one. And what you don't see in between all those different women is that uh, the number of days that he's spending just to even get to that point where he's sleeping with those women. Right. And so, uh, but the first woman he sleeps with that he uses this, this situation to seduce he calls her by Andy McDowell's character's name, mm. like when they're finally about to have sex the first time. Right. And, yeah. uh, and so then, you know, like even when he was a shitty person, he still had feelings for Andy McDowell. And that's really what his ultimate goal is because she's the next one. And then 
that he tries to work on and that falls apart. Like it ends with that slap montage, you, you know, and that's that like I kind of remember. Yeah. And that slap montage is one of the few times where you see the actual um, diligence this would take, like where he's because every day he's getting further on that date with her mm -hmm. and then he takes the notes for the next day. Yeah, right. Yeah. And that slap montage, it kind of all just falls apart. And every one of those slaps is a different day of hours of work of him getting to that point, to that slap. And it's one of the few times in the movie that you get a true sense of the effort for him to do something like that would take. Right. And so that falls apart with Andy McDowell and that ends with that montage ends with him walking away and he sees ice sculptures and that starts to, it, it leads to, you know, he robs the bank. He does like, so then he goes from, he's like, so in the first stage, he's just like self-fulfilling. He's using this to like better himself, like better his situation, not himself, just his situation, like money, sex, food, drugs crime to get that like stimulus high you know mm -hmm. and all of that and that ultimately he realizes that's not going to fulfill me that doesn't i need more than that so instead of improving my situation through tangible things maybe i can improve myself through things and that's where he does the and mind you all of these things are usually surrounded with bouts of depression like days of depression yeah. there's the suicide montage yeah. and like all that a weird right? thing that's to a... say <laughs> but yeah like the... that's in this movie it's the only movie you yeah. can have a suicide montage well that and, and so, the stand <laughs> i guess yeah yeah that's true <laughs> uh but so he goes through that stage where he's improving self right he learns how to wood carve and ice sculpt do ice sculpture he learns piano he like he teaches himself all of these skills that maybe he will find fulfillment through that through that betterment of self and then when that stops being fulfilling he moves on to betterment of the world outside of himself where <laughs> he like tries to save the homeless man right like he spends Ever, like and no matter what he does that homeless man dies you know he tries yeah. to like change the tire he does like all these different things and it's not until he realizes i need to do i can't just focus on making any one of these things better at a time i have to try to do all of it together at the same time i need to improve my status, my, my situation. I need to improve myself. I need to improve my surroundings. And I, as this one person can have an impact on this entire microcosm that's at my fingertips. If I really put forth that effort that I was focusing on one thing, but do it on all of them together. And so then he does that. And that's what breaks the cycle and gets him what he wants. Like he gets Andy McDowell at the end of that and gets to wake up on and tomorrow, finally, when he put pieces that together. And I, I I just think that we have potential, but we're living in Groundhog Day. Like, we can realize, like, we need yeah, to do all interesting. You, you know what I mean? Like, we can Yeah, we can, we can do use that. this time to our advantage. That's what I was kind of thinking about before. I love that idea, like, that out of the pandemic comes 
some prosperity somehow on the other side right. of it. Healing. Yeah, yeah, healing. And um, this this documentary thing I'm working on, like the it, the idea is that art is one of the main ways that we, we heal as as a yep. species. Um, so it's, it's yeah. Look at the healing you uh, found, or at least the ideas that in uh, yeah. Groundhog Day. I mean, I've been finding. Um, you know, as I just like grasp at straws, trying to find the things that work. Like, I love this idea that you and Ash are going to come up with a program together that's born out of your unique and respective desires that you can pursue. Like, so one of the things that that makes me think of is because I, in trying to find, like the whole thing with exercise and all this stuff, like I just hate all these kinds of different forms of exercise. It took me years to just be like, well, what do you like? And it's like, oh, I guess I like walking around. That's not too taxing. And I get to think and all this. And then it's like, I don't remember what got, I think, well, obviously it was the show and the comment karate in the garage that sort of led to some of that, but it was just like, I'd like to be able to move my body. And uh, so all of like any kind of like health that came from that was all secondary to just like finding a, the, the things that I wanted to do about it. Anyway, so it reminds me of the Bruce Lee thing. So like even the fact that I look to Bruce Lee as a teacher <laughs> or whatever, these ideas that I can utilize sounds kind of silly, but it's like helpful to me. And so I think of that thing of like absorb what is useful, discard what is useless and add what is essentially your own. I mean, like we're talking about a, yeah, a philosopher, but also like a martial arts guy. What? But who cares? Like if that helps me, exactly do a little better i've I've just come to like really embrace that kind of idea of like taking inspiration where i can find it uh and taking what i can from it to find just like a little bit more peace and but there's this i don't remember the quote at all i just remember this idea that everything is in relation to and then so i think that's a bruce lee idea but it's probably many others but uh it's a whole idea i heard then elsewhere that something that resonated about that quite a while ago, but it's, I've been thinking about it a lot more recently and thinking about it today when I was, you know, you and I were both trying to be sensitive to each other and like whether or not we felt like we could, should get on mic and all this. And I just kept thinking of like, I have to do something in relation to someone else, you know, like to someone who right. can help me get out of my own head or like, it's easy to be a good, this is the idea. It's like, it's easy to be a good person when you don't have to interact with anyone because there's nothing yep. to come up against, you know, your thoughts are not challenged or you don't realize or whatever. I don't know, but it's like you learn, I think you actually, ha it's like that thing they say, you want to be a better tennis player. You got to play against good, someone better than you or, you know, anyway. Right. So I think for me, I definitely outside of all of this have a tendency to isolate. And there is a comfort in that, that warm blanket of just like, I'm not confronted by the outside world. You know, I can just have good thoughts and find things that make me happy and, and not, and maybe grow, you think, but like if you're not actually practicing anything, then it's, I don't, anyway. So I think that is one of the things that is very useful about the opportunity that we've made and cultivated to talk to each other like this is, for me at least, getting me out of like I am. Yeah, to be in relation, you know, as opposed to just like thinking my thoughts or I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> this is 
I'm glad we're doing this. I think is what I'm saying. I'm glad. I I'm glad we're. Do- I'm just I'm not. glad we're doing it too. I really am. <laughs> I don't know if I feel like. <laughs> be- sounds... I f- I don't know if I feel better about it, but I just feel good to talk about it with you, nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, I just feel good to talk to you and uh, really get out of. You're right. It is good to interact with somebody. I mean, Ash and I have been really doing well and pretty well so that's great but it is nice to be um to talk to somebody different we had company over last week oh yeah a couple friends over and we sat socially distanced on our porch and just kind of shot the shit and that's nice that was really nice and so yeah but i i know i know you have to pee i hear ash rolling around in the kitchen we're probably getting close to dinner time or at least something for you too so do you have enough bladder time to like do a sign off and then we can just oh yeah absolutely you want to do that i i mean yeah i I I don't really have much anything else and yeah yeah i think that's a good idea i was sort of leaning that way uh leaning that way too yeah so um i don't know hopefully long walkers next episode will we might be back on some kind of similar track. Let's talk something like Stephen Bond King. or something. Or, yeah, I think like, that's or, been easy. I don't know. I feel like the last so many we did the Tiger King or whatever, but uh, it is nice to have something we can have sh- shared and both seen, right? Kind of. Yeah. What? Um. What I, have? I, oh, sorry. I, I, I still have that heavyweights episode that we can talk about. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Um, I have notes on that still, and I, I can remember it. I still want to uh, try to, I just haven't, I had a major breakthrough on Cannibalized and I'm trying to get Ooh. something on paper for that so that I can share that. So maybe we can talk about that. Um, I don't know. Stephen King, you, what are you, are you listening to anything book wise no, right now? Not at yeah. all. I, I've really been thinking about, uh, but now I'm going to read this race book, I think. <laughs> but I was going to get his short story collection like through our local bookstore you know, if it or, bleeds, uh, is that, the yeah, that one? sounds right. Yeah, it's like a new s- s- story. I think it's short story collection. You know who I'm? I'm pretty confident. Hang on, let me look. I I clicked it. I don't know why I clicked the thing myself, and I was like, I don't even know what I'm looking for. <laughs> so, <laughs> I instinctively. Thought I should so be something okay, up. so there. So if it bleeds is the newest sh- collection of short stories by Stephen King, right? Mm-hmm. Stephen Weber reads one of the short stories on there. Oh, really? Is, like, yeah, who is one of our yeah. favorite Stephen King narrators? He, he does the, narrator. the the current version of it, who is amazing. So, oh, that's fun. Uh, <clears throat> looks like Bill Patton reads one of the stories too. Oh, good. Or, or Will Patton, I mean, sorry. Yeah, and, who read uh, like Doctor Sleep and probably other stuff. The Doctor Sleep trilogy for sure. I think he read something else. Uh, I heard they're adapting. Um, what's the one, the Frankenstein story that I told you about? That's a newer one. Uh, oh, I'm not sure. I've forgotten. I've forgotten about it's that. It's really good. You said it's like his take of that. Yeah. Um, but they're making that into a, either a limited series or something. Uh, so that I, I meant to mention to you, that might be a good one to start just so that oh, you cool. have it. Oh, uh, you know what I did see is, uh, they have the series of creep show that, that is a shutter series, I believe. And then uh-huh. they showed some on AMC and I, I just watched the first one and it, but it was fun. It was like, 
it was stories a couple at least one story from night shift uh it was gray matter from from night shift and uh it's current but it's definitely made to like live in the world of like the creep show movie yeah uh adrian barbeau was in it so like oh wow in the segment um i haven't watched any other but it was just fun fun to see that uh i think i will um i've been thinking about doing it and i'll just will because it's they're short stories or whatever but i think i'll order that if it bleeds it leads from our local place i can't remember they've got some sort of arrangement where you can get stuff and leads it leads that is that the whole title i thought i just thought it's if it oh if it bleeds sorry i'm I'm sorry (laughs) yeah if it bleeds oh yeah yeah. if it bleeds i'm just oh jeez i thought i was off no um yeah so yeah, maybe I could try to find that and we can talk about that too. Yeah, no pressure though. I mean, it's such a fucked up time for so many reasons. And uh, I uh, I don't I mean, I think about some of our earlier, earliest episodes and whatnot. And we, we hadn't really got on to that idea of let's like, let's try to watch or talk about this thing for next time. And um, so I think if something like that naturally comes about, great. But uh, I, I'm reminded that it's nice to up on a chat even if there's no structure to it <laughs> maybe we can talk to uh twinkie tweeted out that or or text us that and i know hulu does it now too but there's like a group watch thing that you can do where like oh, yeah. if you're not in the same space but you all it synchronizes like you all kind of like watch together something. that's right 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 uh maybe it might maybe we can try to talk to the guys or maybe try to do uh a group something like that that would be fun Absolutely. and then we can comment on that uh i know you have to pee i'm, a, I'm okay i'm there. okay <laughs> uh so this has been something that i've been rolling around too is like i thought like maybe a hiatus would be good for me just in the sense that i i and i know that you're gonna say it's not a big deal and it's fine but it's really in to me it's at least it's not but I feel like I really have dropped the ball on the show. Like I just have not, I'm not contributing a lot. I don't really bring anything to the table when I come to talk. I just, you know, and I haven't followed through with the, with the webpage or I haven't followed through with anything that I said I would do for the show. I just kind of show up here. And then last time I was just like a drunk mess. Right. And uh, what fucking fun is that? So and and I at least am con- cognizant of it, even if you're humble enough and, and kind enough to not like say anything about that. Right. And I'm cognizant enough about it. And so then it gets to be like when we come onto the show, like it feels like this like gut wrench for me because I still haven't produced anything. I'm just all talk, you know. Uh, so maybe a hiatus would be like a kick in the pants to like like you so that I don't take it for granted like I have been or at least feel like I have been if I if I'm not really but so that would give me time to like if you want it back you got to deliver then because you need something to come back with you know um, yeah or or you could think about it I mean obviously you got to do what feels right to you and for for me I I have to have like barometers to help me like when I asked to do the monthly thing, I was like, well, I was feeling the stress. And so I was like, well, what would, how can I readjust this to make sure I can hang on to the thing that makes me feel good and try to create some space otherwise? I, I guess what I'm getting at with that is like, maybe some of those things, if you don't actually want to do them, you could actually, you could let them go so that they don't bother you. <laughs> you yeah. know, you could either like embrace and do or, or perhaps 
because I don't, I, yeah, it's, I don't, I'm not up nights thinking like, when's he going <laughs> to do this, that, or the I other. I know, I know. <laughs> but if it bothers you, it bothers you, and um, I don't right. want that either, you know? Right. Uh, yeah, I know. I, I, It's just something to think about, but let's just yeah. play it all by ear, and, yeah. just, and let's just see. Um, I like the like group watch thing idea. Yeah, I would love can. to have an episode where we're just like kind of we're a commentary for something oh, somebody shit. could watch on about, something, you know. What about Spaceballs? Oh man, that would be fantastic. If, if that so right now that is only available via stars. Ah, okay. Uh, let's just let's just play the, the next 30 days by ear and see how it goes. Um let, let's do a sign off and then you can go pee. Okay. We'll yeah, that sounds so. that sounds fun uh to possibly do that if uh especially cuz it tags up on that old thing, but it would just be fun to have a virtual hangout. I mean, there has so much of this has sucked, but there have been like kind of fun ways like I, I'm about to do a series of recordings, like with my, my the guy who played drums for me reached out because I'd done a few uh, like quarantine concerts. Anyways, yeah, long yeah, story, yeah, sort of. But he uh, he was like, you should do uh, record something to a click track, and then I can record a video, and your brother can record one. And I I was like, oh, I never thought of that. You know, it could be that thing where you got the quadrants we're all used to seeing. And, and then I thought, oh, it'd be great if I could do like some songs with, uh, or the, if Tara, the cellist would be involved, could be into it. And I hadn't spoken to her or whatever in like years. Like, But I reached out to her. I was like, hey, how's it going? And so anyway, so now we're like going to kind of do this thing, song here or there or whatever. But the main part of it is like, oh, we're like, I'm in contact with these people and I'm kind of yep. get to do and put my energy yep. into something kind of fun and so and you're making public music again buddy yeah like, that yeah. was Let's... was really nice but but like leave it to me so the first thing actually was an offer through my job to do it at one of those meetings i hate yeah <laughs> and it was so funny because i was like well i gotta change my attitude about this a little bit because this uh opportunity um and then anyway, but I, I did a recorded, I did the thing. It was really nice. And I was, I was consumed with like, I want to have a way to share this after in case it's any good. And it ended up being fine. And, um, uh, I got a surprise. I'm just so used to like nobody really interacting with, or, or very few people interacting with things put out, you know? Um, and especially around music that had just not been a thing that would get much traction. So I did, post it uh, and I sent think I sent it to my email list and stuff but I got like a lot of really I got a surprising amount of like engagement and it was really yeah. gratifying one of the fun ones was uh I heard from Joanna at WCTV she was like this is nice. so great and and we had just a nice back and forth with email about just catching up a little bit but then like uh, later in the week she's like can we maybe show this on wctv because they have this like streaming component i was like nothing would please me more and so like i got her the file or something and so it's like also on wctv oh that's fantastic yeah. oh man but again just like this sort of night like i couldn't have planned that i couldn't have contrived that and just like you were talking about with that youtube guy i could see that in a lot of my own online activities and surrounding music especially it's like it's i could just feel it and so i just i would pull back from the things that made me feel icky or felt like yeah and then before i knew it, i just wasn't doing any <laughs> because yeah. that was all there was so anyway it was just like nice um to be able to do that and share it and then to have people say hey good job or whatever or it was nice to just be it was 
I picked songs that felt useful in the moment, sort of somehow. Like I kind of, it would feel silly to sing certain songs now because they just didn't resonate with me. Or so I was kind of in this like quarantine resilient mindset. And anyway, it was fun. Actually, I did. Uh, I sang Maytime, which is a song that I wrote basically about cabin kids, very literally yeah. about cabin kids and then that impact in my life. And um, the reason I did that was honestly because the opportunity to sing song sing i was invited in particular to sing my songs which was really wild or unexpected because there have been plenty of times in my life where someone's like can you come sing covers at this thing or sing music and they don't know what my music is or how inappropriate it would be and anyways so nice to be like asked to contribute something that came comes from me like that anyway so but when i was trying to think about what songs to play one of the things i kept thinking about was like i I don't like these meetings because I'm uncomfortable in groups. I don't know how to, they make, the whole thing makes me anxious. And I started to think so much about first coming out to the cabin. One of the reasons, the main reasons that I did bring guitars and stuff is because I have of the, I don't know if it's correct to call it social anxiety or whatever. It's just like, it gave me a, something to do. It gave me a yeah. way to interact. And uh, I was realizing that that was kind of what I was doing in this space, this kind of space with my co like um colleagues it's like i've suddenly felt a little bit more at ease because i had something to contribute to this thing i didn't usually feel comfortable in and it made me think about that song and about that time and but anyway it was all really nice and it felt right you know like we we're saying like everything feels wrong right now this was before the the horrible thing with george floyd and it was just about the pandemic but um but then so yeah i published that and all these nice things and then they're like people are <laughs> some some like people i didn't know from like ritman's like we need you now singing music <laughs> i was like it was a weird thing that I, one of those social media things you know That's was awesome. about them and not me yeah, yeah <laughs> like yeah. completely like they were trying to draw attention to something whatever but so so it was all very cool and then but i was it was so i my mind went someplace terrible with that goodness it was just like yeah okay they want me to do more but i'm gonna do it nobody's gonna watch it it's gonna be and I'm like this whole negative yeah train of associations that i was just i had i literally caught myself i'm like whoa <laughs> what is this about yeah. and then i had to think like okay do you want to do any more and if so what does that look like <laughs> and so i kind of thought of i was like oh i do i would like to do this little thing and so i posted another short concert but it was a little bit of that was all still there like it did get a lot less in in oh my god i just really i i posted it the the weekend last weekend and um yeah. i think i just learned a little bit from that it's like don't do that if you want people anyway but then the ultimate the second video came or like it came out on youtube the day the george floyd thing happened where it's just like everything became irrelevant anyway what am i talking about but it was like yeah it was it was not really nice to be able to like do it that and to be motivated to play music um right and to be able to connect with people through it for the first time in like five almost five years but now yeah so it's weird it's like i wouldn't i don't think any of that would happen under normal circumstances and uh this thing about being able to collaborate with the other musicians and just the excuse to like be in contact with them and because it is the same as it's always been with me like gotta make a show and so um yeah so now i get to kind of talk to those people so i love this i all this is to say i love the idea 
of this uh of getting together for the space waltz commentary even if we i mean it's like i was really starting to lean towards like let's just all get together and watch something like this and not record at all (laughs) um but the space balls thing is kind of a little irresistible especially since the existing commentary is a thing that you know we talked about or that bothers you because it's about sandwiches eating instead of the like the (laughs) melbourne Yeah, we could correct he totally that. Just, what, like he totally. Have you listened to the commentary? No, like, and, but I haven't because I was like, I don't. I what's what's really funny is like there's a site online where you can download commentaries that I found. Not all commentaries, but a certain host of them. Yeah, and I'm looking at a bunch of them I downloaded. This is back. I've been working on the, getting this archive for like the last maybe so many months. This is April 15th. I download a bunch. It's like Ed Wood, Lethal Weapon 4, Lethal Weapon 3. This is the order. Spaceballs, 1987. <laughs> so it's like right, it's staring me right in the face in this moment. And I just I'm interested. thinking so, about okay. it. I think I've heard so, it, but I would not seek it out because... Anyway. So I listened to that back in 2000. Right. Like, mm-hmm. so I, and I, I know nothing about film now and I knew even less then. And so like, I, I, and I, and what was even more dangerous was I thought I knew something about film back then. And so like, I was just butting into this, like, well, Dave watches commentaries all the time. That's a big thing. Of his like, if you want to know film, like you should watch commentaries too. <laughs> and so like, well, you love space balls. And I, and like, they had put out a really good edition of space balls that had a commentary with Mel Brooks and he didn't bring anybody from the movie. Like not any of the actors. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sure he brought like his producers and like stuff like that's who these people are. They're the people that he's worked with for 40 years, probably up to that point. And they literally just talk about like, I, I just remember the sandwich thing and yeah. like them talking, like they're just a bunch of old men talking about their ailments and the food that they eat. <laughs> like that's, that's, that's what I felt like the conversation was. I'm probably grossly misrepresenting it, but I'm curious now, like if you listen to it, like what you would hear, you know, like, because I, even to this day, and I love film, I love film discussion and film theory, I still can't fucking listen to a commentary. It is that not engaging. It it, <laughs> no, no, no. It just, it's not that that necessarily that, that this is me as an adult looking back in hindsight in my younger naive self. Maybe it wasn't what they were talking about, but just that commentaries weren't my thing. You, well, and some I, are I, not engaging and others are like super entertaining. My, my favorites right. back then, especially were, and still now we're like the Kevin Smith commentaries. It was like his podcast before podcasts. Yeah, and yeah. In, in Boogie Nights, I I remember the oh, Boogie yeah. Nights commentaries. That's really one of good. the ones I downloaded. Uh, I I mean I downloaded just like dozens and dozens from this site to be able because I realized like I could just kind of put them on and listen as they would a podcast. And I haven't listened to a lot of them that way yet, but I, like I I can. <laughs> but there's tons that are just not good. Like I remember the one a DVD came out for Braveheart. You know. Um, I don't remember what year because it wasn't 95 or when the film came out, but it's just like so uninteresting. I was just so yeah. disappointed in it in that way. There was a commentary for Nosferatu, the 1920s film that I, I, I don't know if I wrote the letter or if I just intended to write. I was so infuriated by it 
because it was dry or something, like, I couldn't stand the halted way in which the guy spoke. <laughs> I almost sent a letter of complaint. Oh man! And then that just and even like a couple years down the line, um, I think that guy was like on camera in one of the like featurettes for Universal Monsters or something. Like, oh, like that's that guy. And I saw him. I was like, oh, he's all right. <laughs> and then I listened to the commentary again. Was more maybe interested in the content and not the delivery or not. I didn't have that expectation that it was going to be right, a certain right, thing. Right. And I was just, I still remember that though. I was like, fuck this thing. Like I want to write a letter saying how angry yeah. I am. As a- <laughs> but that's a great illustration of like, you're the type of person that you care so much about commentary. They, they yeah. are a meaningful thing to you that you were willing yeah. to write a letter of complaint I, at that age. Whereas I guess, I'm yeah. just like, I'm just like, no, I can't even fight club. Fight club has some amazing from a, like from a, opportunity standpoint there are three really good commentaries on that film there's just like the david fincher one then there's the one with fincher and the actors yeah and then there's one uh, yeah yeah and then there's one with um the author uh chuck palinuk and the producer i think like they're really fucking good. And I remember listening to the Chuck Palahniuk one and thinking like, this guy's a fucking tool. Like, I, like, <laughs> I don't know if it's him. like too much into the like, I don't know if it's, it's just too much like seeing how the sausage is made for me or what, but it's just, it's just not my thing. And I think like, that's the, the point maybe I'm trying to drive home is like, you just get to a point where you're just like, yeah, that's not my thing, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, you know, it doesn't have, <laughs> I'm kind of that way about TV. Like, I do like it, and maybe it's I don't know. I think with TV, I tend to really not want to know much about that. Uh, the because I love to just sort of stay in the world of that show and just have those people be the characters and not to pull back the curtain. Where yeah. for some reason with movies, I'm more interested in that other stuff. But I just, that's just like a thing. It's not like a universal thing, never, ever. But by and large, I, I, I'm just like, ah, ah, that's all right. Yeah, not everything's for everyone. doesn't have to be right. <laughs> but Yeah, I guess. But anyway, as a, yeah. I love this idea of us all kind of watching something together. And whether it's that or something else, um, we should do it whenever it feels fun. I also want to get Twinkie on for a Fury Road episode because it's like the oh yeah they just had the five year was it the five year anniversary for um, Fury Road I'm not and, sure I do own that I but th- I actually only ever saw it in the theater and I think of it very fondly yeah, but I'm I, the same way he watches it all the time which I find so fascinating well part of the reason is my the TVs that I had owned up to a certain point could not handle the colors in that film like the um red is a big problem and that movie has a lot of red tones in it and uh the you could see in the colors would be the edges of the colors would be pixelated i'm interested to watch it on the tv i have now because i'm it's capable of so much uh, such a better picture Mm -hmm. that i'm sure it would look better now uh so but i would love to have him on for a fury road or even a mad max like full discussion oh like, yeah just talk like, about you know, all of them yeah george miller talk george miller talk his like filmmaking <laughs> and then talk <laughs> mad max gotta like, get witches would... of eastwick in there <laughs> oh i fucking love that movie like it's i love which of that eastwick. coming from the like, same guy and i think that was like a big thing for him where he was just like after that moved away from trying to work with yeah. him. I'm, not, I'm making that up i don't know i love this idea <laughs> both yeah, of those so, things sound really fun yeah, well so 
yeah let's let's see like what how the spirit moves it's, yeah i want to yeah i want to be sure to like if you're feeling that um yeah like to have some space or whatever would would be good that that's great um yeah i'm really just kind of in a place where i'm I, yeah i just value uh this thing but i however it works out you know i just don't want you to feel any kind of pressure of any kind uh I know, and I appreciate, and I appreciate that. I just don't want that. I don't ever want your. I don't ever want to be in a position where you or I feel like I take advantage of that understanding of yours. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm definitely appreciate that sentiment. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, yeah, and 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 I up to this point, I feel like I have not, but I feel like I it's wearing on me, like I might be. So I need to shape up or ship out. You know, like. (laughs) And that's okay if that you know if that's what it is. Like WPLMR didn't last forever, and and Palmer's picks didn't last forever, and and the lesson to take is that you just keep in communication with your friends, right? right? Yes, like that, that's yeah. that's really like the lesson yeah. from it. There doesn't need, <laughs> even though it's gr- an easy way to get FaceTime with Dave is to yeah. make a show. You don't have to make a show. That's for Dave very to be true. Your friend right like that's true uh, that's uh, probably so, important for me to hear as well <laughs> yeah yeah so um you don't have to be in a documentary to be friends with dave and yeah. uh, doesn't hurt but <laughs> it doesn't hurt sure doesn't uh maybe two or three of them if depending oh my uh, god so. yeah yeah that's but, yeah uh, that's true we could we could always just try to you know people have what what balmer tricks kind of came out of a regular poker night right we could always yep. come up with yep. with something like that that uh is a ritual without um without any kind of takeaway <laughs> other than the, sure. the experience itself <laughs> yeah i'm yeah. very open to that <laughs> absolutely so i mean i thought of i thought of a bunch of ways that of a bunch of different things and and just trying to think of how we would want to do that so um yeah yeah, I think it'll be good. Cool. For sure. Cool. But um yeah, well let's 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 get off of here. I think Ash has dinner done. And, yeah, yeah. So sorry, um, we ended up going for a long time. <laughs> we did. We, and we, we, we yeah, the shocker, right? Uh for two people that really weren't really feeling it but wanted it and yeah. Story of my life. That was the story of my life right there. <laughs> two people that were feeling it but didn't want it. Uh, <laughs> I'm not even sure I track. That's a, interesting. Yeah, it's deep yeah. on levels. So I'll go think. All about right, that. long walkers. Uh, <laughs> so this is the quarantine sucks episode eighty five. The long, long, short drink. That's great. Uh, I was just thinking like uh, fucked up or something as the title. <laughs> I yeah. feel like the first moments where we transition out of the the, the theme music, if that's even appropriate to have theme music, would be it's just some kind of like oh, this is so fucked up. But yeah, yeah definitely some t- sort of title about. <laughs> quarantine sucks sucks. everything sucks uh thanks a lot for listening i hope that things are not sucking where you are and if they are sucking i hope that they stop sucking soon uh yeah just remember that we're all in this together and don't let them rip us apart that's and and honestly like you can be the one link that can hold everything together so don't give up um yeah 
I don't even feel like going through the like oh, long no, I didn't that. drink I shit. I wasn't like, even just, in anticipating that. Like just yeah, I wasn't even yeah, anticipating just, acknowledging the uh, long walker. So yeah, yeah I know. Uh, but they, we they were you're probably there. So I do appreciate you listening, and I appreciate you, buddy. I appreciate you uh, taking the time. Be safe, please. Be safe. I appreciate the bride. Uh, Jeff's good. Is Jeff oh, doing Jeff, all right? Jeff is actually doing really well. Thank you. He's uh, he's got. We have to like kind of wipe his little opening because he like he doesn't know how to pee. Like, yeah, because he doesn't, and it's always been a little bit of an issue. So sometimes he'll just kind of like squat. Sometimes he lifts his legs. So he just kind of pees yeah. everywhere. But it's a much better situation than he ever had before. Um, we did have, he get the second surgery, like the actual corrective surgery to yes. correct the botch surgery? So that's all done, right? Like, yeah, he should he's, be he's on the men now. Like, yes, uh, he's yeah. The I don't remember. Like, it all feels so long ago. It's so wild to think that. Well, like, the last so the last I heard, he oof. had a so he had a second hole that he kept getting. Yeah, urinary infections. Yep. because of that second hole like he was yeah and now he has no remnants of a penis of any kind and he uh so he does he just got like an opening down there but it's not nearly like as raw as it's a different opening than was they closed up the other thing the second thing yeah, yeah. uh and then removed any because he used to i don't know it's kind of hard to explain but anyway he doesn't have any kind of um equipment of that sort and uh but i don't think he has any kind of pain so like we wipe him with like a those like whatever you call them flushable wipes baby not not baby wipes but just that kind of moist thing every so often a couple times a day and he's got no problem with it whatsoever and so we'd like to start working on his like reactivity because he really can't handle outside stimulus very well but and actually just yesterday we almost took him to a quasi public like path where we knew there'd be no other off-leash dogs and start to see how he just can interact in the world but yeah i mean things are very dire for him for a minute and it was all very stressful for us and uh but that's man it feels like a long time ago and he's doing great and he has the ability to like hold his pee and all that stuff though normally even like he can hold it and wait to go outside to go or uh yeah no like i couldn't tell you the last time he did anything in the house or anything like that the main thing where he had gotten there was that unfortunate thing like he had that that surgery the same all this surgery we're talking about and then he couldn't pee so we had to take him to the emergency room and uh yeah that was something actually not necessarily related to the surgery anyway but these like crystals forming but he's doing he's doing really quite 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 good and uh good yeah, we're all we're all doing well. So just to tag up, thank you for asking about that. But to tag up on what you're saying, I'm thankful for you also, and for the way that you reached out today, just amidst the all that's going on in Minneapolis. And I'm glad uh, we, I'm glad this happened that we got on mic and yeah, and, me uh, too. Just talk through some feelings. <laughs> yeah, and I hope that you know. Hopefully, next time we can be. There's something better to talk about, I guess. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right, buddy. All right. Well, well my let's my sign best off, to you guys. Yes. Uh, yeah. Be well, my friend. I love you. I uh, love to you Ash too. And uh, and to all the animals there. <laughs> Same to you. Tell the bride I'm grateful for her too. And uh, yeah, you guys take care and keep growing. I'm going to keep doing the same. We're going to do the same thing here. I like it. Agreed. All right, buddy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Take care. All right, man. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.